Do you feel now more than ever that you need to make a shift in your well-being? Listen to the podcast Inner Wellness with Dr. Nas Parsian and make the shift happen. Self-control, self-regulation, self-mastery, and perhaps some more concepts like that, they are the terms and concepts that are absolutely dealing with humans' health and well-being in both physical and psychological aspects. But what do they really mean? And do we get the best result with self-control, self-regulation, self-mastery? Which one is better? Which one comes with the better results for all aspects of health, including chronic health condition management, mental, emotional, and any, any conditions or diseases, or just simply to improve our well-being and wellness. Which one is better? And what do they really mean? So if you want to find out more about it, then bear with me. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for, I can see actually, you know, the audience rate is growing, which is so exciting. And thank you so much for listening and just, you know, giving me more courage and motivation and energy to move on um, this journey uh, because that's all I want. I just want to communicate with you beautiful people across the world and share what I know and in the very close future i'm going to get amazing people to share to get them share their stories and knowledge and skills and information and yes so last week i couldn't uh update my episodes because you know that i'm doing every second week but last week actually i had no voice <laughs> so not no voice but not really a good voice just to talk about uh just had some you know problem with my throat and yeah so unfortunately i couldn't catch up with it but the good news is i'm just going to begin inviting guests very soon and hopefully very soon uh we will just you know go to weekly um podcast um yeah instead of second every second week okay so let's start i'm going actually to talk today about self-control self-regulation what do they mean my favorite topic always you know from so many years ago was self-mastery and yeah and are they really um important and uh, impacting positive health 
outcomes or not or to some degrees yeah just let, let's dive into it uh, we have actually a psychological old theory which is called locus of control uh, so locus of control focusing more specifically on on the concept of self-control and uh, it says that you know we do not have control over you know external um, factors so external control is always you know minimum because a lot of factors you know are out of our control for example i don't know if if the weather is hot or if there is a war in the country or if there is a virus uh, so it, it might be out of your control however you do have internal control which is you know what you can do with yourself so if the weather is hot you can just you know wear i don't know just appropriate clothes or you can just take cold shower or you can or, you know, if there is a virus, you can just boost your immune system. What, whatever you can do with yourself rather than the external control uh, is called internal control, internal, internal locus of control, which is actually really, you know, it, it does really make sense, which is really acceptable in, um, in the area of health and we have been discussed for so many years, you know, when, you know, when I'm teaching um, in uni, I, 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 I'm talking a lot about uh, this theory, locus of control, because it is um, applicable in many situations. Uh, however, you know, it's discussed that self-regulation is a little bit different than self-control self self-regulation self uh is when someone um emotionally can regulate their own behaviors and their own emotions basically they can come you know, they can keep checking you know their emotions so they can resist, you know, the impulses coming from or, or impulsive behaviors um, coming from a trigger or, you know, or a stimulus and can, you know, just make themselves happy that, okay, so I, I have control on this situation and I don't feel down because, you know, I didn't get that. So my behavior and my emotion are in my hands. So they have actually a flexible range of, you know, emotional and behavioral responses based on um, this, you know, regulation. So basically self-regulation uh, is discussing about two two aspects of behavioral self-regulation and emotional self-regulation so what is emotional self-regulation emotional self-regulation is uh when you you for example um 
have a bad mood or um, something happened that made you have a bad mood and you are able to change and shift your emotion to, to the state of calmness. Uh, or something happened that made you angry and you are able, you have the capacity to transform this the situation of anger to the situation of control and calmness. So this is this is more about emotional um, self-regulation, which is actually quite, you know, involved with behavioral uh, self-regulation as well. So the behavioral self-regulation is um, when you regulate and you change your behavior, for example, um, you are really tempted, you're a student and you are really, really tempted to, to go with your friends for a nightclub while you have, you have exam tomorrow and or you have assignment that we do you know i don't know early tomorrow morning and the you 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 think and you reflect and you regulate your behavior to to be able to stay at home and just say no to your friends so this is your behavioral self-regulation so yes, self-regulation and self-control, they both uh, work more specifically for health conditions as well. For example, a person who uh, has just, you know, imagine has diabetes, um, she is given specific diet program, uh, lifestyle program or you know if if they get if they take medication medication or insulin program and they need to follow all those programs to be able to follow all those you know treatment programs they need to have the ability to regulate their behaviors and their emotions, you know, the temptation to, for example, eat or grab, you know, sugar. So they need to be able to do the self-regulation in both aspects, behavioral and emotional. Why? Because if they know, if they if they have a good, pretty good knowledge about what to eat how to do the exercise, how to plan to do the exercise and just, you know, activities of daily living. So they get quite good education about, you know, diabetes management. However, they constantly feel bad about their diagnosis. Why am I diabetic? Why I cannot go to the party right now and just eat whatever I want? Why I'm not able to, to just, you know, eat this piece of cake that I really want to? So if they, if they don't regulate their emo emotions and they just do, you know, the behavioral self-regulation, 
that doesn't work. So while he or she already made, you know, the best decisions um, and the best plans, to listen to the doctor, you know, advices and do uh, make, you know, make a sense of the situation. But they constantly feel that why that happened and what will happen in the future. They, they may just be constantly anxious and worrying, worry, worry about what will happen uh, in their life in the future if, you know, this disease or condition doesn't change. So this constant, you know, worrying and being anxious about diagnosis or, you know, what, what can happen uh, tomorrow in the future in my life can certainly affect both um, the patient's coping responses, how, you know, they, they, they react, they respond to the situation while they may just implement um, everything, every single thing. Uh, however, they will not get the best result in terms of, you know, the diabetes management. I just had a patient uh, in my research uh, that I have done years ago in people with diabetes type 1. And one of the patients, you know, when we discussed about, you know, the, the impact of diabetes um, on their lives, uh, one of the girls discussed about exactly, you know, this point that she followed everything um, in terms of, you know, the diet and all, you know, treatment management regime, everything, regime, everything. And it was all fine until she was invited um, in, you know, her workplace. She was invited to a very formal and, you know, high class meeting. And then she started to get worried about her situation. And while, you know, she was apparently in, in a very good control in terms of the blood sugar level and those things, and she did, you know, she did follow everything perfectly in terms of, you know, diet and tests and everything was perfect, as she mentioned. However, on the day and during the whole, you know, during the meeting on the day, you know, since the morning, she started to be really, really anxious about what will happen if I, for example, experience something like hypo. What will happen if I experience? So she kept saying these, you know, she kept repeating this feeling in the whole body, not, not just in, in her head. And guess what happened? She just had a faint. She had a hypoglycemic shock right in the middle of meeting. So she said that was so embarrassing. That was the horrible experience uh, that she had. But she got a very good lesson out of this experience. And that was, that was a turning point of 
her self-transformation, when we talked about spirituality and self-transformation, she talked about this story and she said that moment was the turning point to to change their emotions and change, you know, um, her whole feeling about the situation and um, come with with the deep awareness of who she is and what's her life and just, you know, transform to the newest stage of life and just, you know, start butterflying and transformation. That's huge. She went through the whole story, which was so, you know, um, impressive. So, yes, if emotions, you know, just telling something else, the body can simply record it. The body simply can record that emotions. And, yes, it does affect the whole biochemistry in the body. Some people psychologists and researchers discuss that self-control and self-regulations have a lot common and they are basically similar. So the psychologist Strott Shankar says that self-control is about inhibiting strong impulses and self-regulation is about reducing you know, the frequency and intensity of strong impulses by managing you know stress load and recovery and in fact you know they are they are similar in many cases so if you view you know in this way we can think that self-regulation it's possibly a little bit more um, like you know subconscious process and automatic and it's it's not sometimes exactly what the individual um, decides or determines to you know just intentionally monitor and control uh, and it's yeah it's it's a bit more um, subconscious and automatic so that could be slight difference between these two uh but yeah but the gap the gap is just imagine a person for example who is managing their diabetes type one or you know just planning to lose weight or planning to overcome depression and anxiety whatever they they're working you know on their willpower, their planning, just as we discussed before, planning, monitoring, and reflection to get, you know, control and to regulate um, their own behaviors and manage their emotions. The important point here that we shouldn't miss is they uh, consume a lot of energy, a lot of energy to uh, reduce, you know, these impulses or uh, whatever, you know, can, for example, um, take person to the to the state of um, excessive 
responses like, you know, fight and flight or freeze. And they constantly need to uh, consume a lot of energy to prevent going through that excessive uh, response or, you know, fight and flight and control their performance. When a person has been um, confronted with so many um, challenges or so many temptations in a period of time, then they must, you know, <laughs> consume larger amount of energy to come to the stage of self-regulation or controlling those impulses. What happens next? So the problem is the more energy they, the, the more, you know, temptation, the more challenges they face to, the more energy they consume and the more, the more energy they consume, the weaker they get. And that can affect gradually their, you know, willpower and their, you know, self-motivation to continue and eventually you know, the desires and temptations uh, might be felt much stronger than before. So they may not actually be working uh, the same as before. And this is something which is discussed as ego depletion. So as a long-term, you know, facing with all those problems, challenges, temptations, and using, you know, more and more energy, they may deplete, you know, their the self-regulation process and they deplete their ego. There was a study about the self-regulatory depletion in 2013 by one year and you know his colleagues uh, they use functional neuroimagining to show that those who indeed depleted their self-regulatory process and they consumed you know more and more energy they experienced less connectivity between the regions uh, in the brain and the regions that are involved with self-regulation and self-control and, and the regions which are involved in rewards. So their brain basically had less power and, you know, it didn't help much um, resist, you know, temptation after that self-regulatory activity. So consuming more energy and self-regulatory depletion, depletion in the long term can affect, you know, uh, negative result. So the result might not be quite lasting. So that's a gap. So what can we do? This is where we bring the concept of emotional intelligence onto the board. Certainly, all self-regulatory processes can improve well-being. 
Yeah, certainly people, you know, students who um, can achieve, you know, his or her own regulation um, and engage, you know, in the self-regulatory behaviors and processes, they certainly report, you know, better wellness and better quality of life than, you know, their friends. And they just, you know, improve their life satisfaction and social support and everything. But as I mentioned before, it might not be the case for everyone and it might not be lasting if the situations, you know, are frequently repeating and are really ongoing and just, you know, there are too many. So emotional intelligence is something really important in this concept, which starts with the main key, which is self-awareness. So those who are not really aware about their emotions, their feeling, those who suppress their feeling instead of um, processing them, instead of addressing them, instead of understanding them, they may not achieve the better outcome and the better well-being and quality of life. And they may just eventually um, yeah, end up with, with the sense of loneliness, helplessness, um, and yeah, some, some bad feeling. I don't want to just use a negative feeling, uh, but yeah, some, some depleting um, outcomes. So emotional intelligence is basically the ability to communicate, communicate with your emotions, to perceive your emotions, to access your emotions. So it's, it's beyond than your thoughts. It's certainly beyond than your cognitive. Uh, so yeah, as, as we discussed before, self-regulation includes both, you know, behavioral changes and emotional changes. So emotional intelligence is very much involved with that emotional um, part and helps person just understand it, their emotions and um, process them and promote uh, themselves more, uh, improve themselves and the quality of life and everything more emotionally. So as I mentioned before, it starts with with the key that I just I just keep talking about it, and it is self awareness. So self awareness is a very deep process. It's involved with a lot of things, which is um, more connected to the whole body, and I would certainly say again, it's centered in the heart. So how we can um, get to, to the better outcomes of self-regulation? Yes, it's when self-regulation is involved with self-awareness. And that's the situation that we can achieve the state of self-mastery. Mindfulness, and I would really love to say heartfulness, 
and they are not separate. They are not, you know, divided into two parts. So they are all together. Mindfulness, heartfulness, and embodiment. This, this whole thing is something that can help us be conscious of our own our own everything our own being our own thoughts our own feeling our own behaviors when we are conscious when we are deeply aware of all you know these this this whole thing this whole being that's a stage that we can have a, a positive outcome of self-regulation so self-awareness is indeed the foundation of self-regulation without self-awareness there is no ability to reflect or choose the best and the most appropriate path so teaching mindfulness heartfulness and you know how how we can achieve the sense of embodiment as, as a whole person is, is absolutely a great way to, to improve self-regulation and well-being and certainly achieve the sense of um, self-mastery. So some suggestions that, you know, we can discuss uh certainly you know mind work is important so that that planning and reflection is certainly important that needs to be in place uh but it's not enough so we need to have some really you know aligned uh protocol to follow to make sure that we will have successful um self-regulation plan so examples for this um, protocol uh, could be just you know do some uh, regular breathing exercise mindful and heartful breathing breathing actually is very is this breathing exercise is the simplest way that can connect you to your body so if you want to practice something really simple and effective for embodiment that's a breathing exercise it's it's really handy simple and effective so yes just do breathing you know exercises daily just just put it in your daily activity plan uh, the other thing that you definitely need to include in your protocol of um, self-mastery and um, successful self-regulation is um, eating healthy. Eat healthy because we know that uh, gut intelligence, gut actually is, is another brain in our body, uh, we know that a lot of, you know, neurotransmitters, a lot of, you know, important hormones are uh, produced in gut. And we know the connection between gut and heart and head brain. So eating healthy certainly can affect 
your you know sense of regulation and mastery and self-efficacy self-awareness all of these things drink you know lots of water limit alcohol consumption <laughs> and use self-hypnosis to reduce certainly you know it's very important as i discussed i'm not sure in which one i think you know i don't know number five or six um stress or maybe i don't know three i don't know i don't know the number i forgot so stress is is the main is the first cause of the illnesses so reducing your stress is the key self-hypnosis meditation uh, can help you you know but but just just be mindful that they need to be regular it's not like that you know you do a self-hypnosis now and then do another one you know next month it needs to be every day regularly and do exercise because you know moving your body is is so important because um as i mentioned before everything is dealing with energy and for, for those self-regulatory behaviors also and self-regulatory sorry process uh you use a lot of energy so your body movement can help you know your, your energy moves in your body and just you know get aligned um throughout your body sleep is very important they say that at least at least seven to eight hours a night sleep during the night not sleep during the day that doesn't work because it needs to be aligned with circadian you know rhythm in the body make time for fun outside of work just you know make some time just to enjoy because joy actually is is a very natural and core uh need in human we all have joy inside uh we just need to see it and we just need to yeah just just connect to it so certainly make sure that you make make a time just for fun and just to connect to your inner joy laugh more often laughing is very energetic laugh laughing laughing is absolutely joyful uh get some time to to have your own company make sure that i don't know if you can do it daily i don't know it's depending on your lifestyle or you know if you live in your family might be a little bit difficult just to um make that time every day but i would definitely suggest you at least you know every few days or you know two three times in a week um, make some time for yourself for yourself just to be you and you alone with your own company so yeah so there are just some um some tips that you can include in your self-regulatory uh protocol and certainly you can get any help and assistance from therapists 
uh, every single therapy basically is using self-regulatory process in all aspects you know no matter if um if that is a nutritional therapy or if that is just a medical therapy or if that is a mental and emotional therapy or if that is a social therapy that the base of all of this is kind of connected to self-regulatory protocol and processes so yes certainly at some stages you need to get help from therapists for your self-regulatory protocols so yes i think that's all about you know this episode i'll let you go and see you next time be well thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed it and i'm very looking forward to hear from you for any inputs suggestions and also your subscriptions thank you Thank you.